best friend the first mm-hmm. episode of hey best friend podcast i am excited how Super are you feeling about, how are you feeling about this best friend i'm so excited we've been working on this or at least just thinking about it for longer than anybody could imagine and we finally have made the time between both of our lives to get on the right same track with this and move it forward so I'm so excited to see everything that comes from it and so yeah what about you how are you feeling I'm feeling it this has Mm -hmm. been a long time coming I think the conversations we just be having I think people just could benefit from them as much as we benefit Mm -hmm. from them Mm -hmm. um hopefully joining in on those conversations I'm excited I think it'll be growing for us I think that we can go back to our own old podcast episodes and listen Mm -hmm. to them and relate to them and learn just from re-listening yes Mm -hmm. and it's a way for us to see our growth it's a way for us to have our growth recorded anyway and we we've we've been friends for a long time so that growing we we done been through some things. Absolutely. So let's get into some things. How was your day today? Um. So this morning when I woke up on my spirit, I woke up, did my routine. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up this morning, I had I was looking at a couple of articles. I had seen something with um Venus um and Serena this morning, and then mm-hmm. I had seen a article about Twix. And Shia LaBeouf, um, mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, and I love him. I used yes. to love him anyway. I mean, yes. granted, they're all allegedly's and accusations, but um, definitely had a crush on him. So to see that he was involved in potentially being a contribution to another person's brokenness, um, such as being physical with a woman and, you know, domestically abusing another person Mm -hmm. or human being being for that matter, um, it kind of took me back a little bit. So um, I read the article, watched the video. It was some of the things she was saying that he did was insane. He wanted her Mm -hmm. to kiss him 20 times a day. She wasn't being Mm -hmm. affectionate enough. And then it ran from affectionate to him eventually getting um, physically abusive. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I thought that that was... Mentally, definitely mentally. I think you know, he that was comes before the physicalness. I feel sometimes mm-hmm. in most cases, anyways, it starts well, mentally. Yes, but she was even talking about the um, aspect of him gaslighting her. Yes. That's something that mm-hmm. she, you know, those are kind of trigger words when you talk about narcissists. But so, yeah. long story short, in that aspect right there, um, just to go into further in my day. So I seen that and I was like, oh, okay, um, that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. And then I moved forward with the day. And then um, I kind of encountered somebody that also was in that kind of realm in that light a little bit. Again, we have mm-hmm. accusations, but just as a man and somebody that I know in particular um, in that aspect um, kind of took me back. So I think that it's essential that we kind of start our first episode in that way, in that fashion, I just got a couple of questions about that and how I should feel about that as a bystander. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of all, how to, you know, you know, I'm a little like intrigued with the mind. So I'm dying to kind of understand and ask another person 
what they think those victims, whether the abuser or the abusees, how their mind was operated at that time and what were some things that could have caused that in addition with, um, you know, their thought process moving forward and how do they overcome that? Wow. Okay. All right. I'm down for it. So I actually saw the interview um, with Twigs in regards to, you know, the article that you saw today um, Mm -hmm. with that. And I had the same sentiment. I'm like, damn, not Shia LaBeouf. Like, he's so fine to me. Like, you know, we grew up with him on Disney and all of these other things. And it's just like that, you know, you have like that connection in a sense. This is someone you've watched as a child. Um, And when I was watching it, I was thinking about the last time that I saw him. And it was actually in a video that he has with Saya. Um, And the video is very, if you watch it, it's very intense. Um, they're caged in and he's in this cage with a young girl and the young girl um, you know it's like they're doing like this you know dance I don't want I'm not sure what it is but it's like ballet it's like expressional dance you know where she's like running away and he's catching her and she's falling back into his arms and things of this sort and it's like neither one of them can get out and finally she gets out of the cage because she was able to go through the bars and he was in there you know and so when I was watching the interview I was just thinking about the last time I saw him and that visual of that and so it's like a part of a song that expressed these things and then you know you turn around and you are actually an abuser allegedly um it's very narcissistic like you were just saying um and the the name of the song was elastic heart um and so if you think of that elasticity and the way it stretches and it comes back and goes that was Mm, that's a deep movement Mm-hmm. That was a that was, deep, that was a very deep title, like Elastic mm-hmm. Heart. What like what comes? Oh, what comes from that Elastic Heart? Mm-hmm. What is the meaning? Like, what do you think her meaning was behind that? Like what what emotions was behind it and triggers Elastic Heart? Like that's something that's kind of like never ending. It's kind of stretching in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Notice, mm-hmm. N- notice that she didn't use broken heart. She used Elastic Heart exactly exactly and that's what I'm saying like so if you ever if you guys ever get the opportunity to watch the visual you hear the name Elastic Heart you watch the visual and again they have this intense dance but they're caged in kind of like a bird's cage but it was like huge um and mm. so they're caged in and they're moving back and forth between each other arms and um I was actually right now just looking up some of the lyrics and it says I've got thick skin and an elastic heart but your blade, it might be too sharp. I'm like a rubber band until you pull it apart. I may snap, I may move fast, but you won't see me fall apart because I've got an elastic heart. And that's just one of the small pieces of the song. And so when you think about that, it's just, for me, it was just like, wow, how sick do you have to be if what she's alleging is true? For him Mm. to be a part of this, and in reality, he can relate to it on something a much deeper level because he's the one causing this pain, this trauma, inflicting these wounds on someone's heart. And so mm. that's where I was with it when I saw the interview. I had to go back and watch the video because I was just like, 
I was just like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Absolutely it was, not. It was so that was very intriguing to me. Um, but and, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of like you said with um the aspect of the emotion, and when you said in the beginning of the conversation, as you're talking, just to imagine you know, while you're saying everything, all I could think about is the aspect of what it takes, what type of control one has the abuser gained Mm -hmm. to be able to influence you mentally to do certain things that you know. Because ultimately, I think when we kind of go through situations like that, just as people who've ever been Mm -hmm. in a traumatic situation, and you go back to that situation, knowing that it's some bullshit basically and so Mm -hmm. with that I think at some point it's like just it's deep it's just very deep because it's like a person has a control over your mind to manipulate you to make you feel a certain way and then in addition to that when you call them out on it they make you feel like it's your fault and that Mm -hmm. you're wrong and then to continue after that is the actual physical abuse so Mm -hmm. the question that the abuser needs to take in is what is it that I'm going through that I want to cause this pain on somebody else Mm -hmm. that's number one I think I think it's it's that's definitely to start that goes without being said but Mm -hmm. then two as the abusee it's kind of like um you know it's wrong so what you knowing is wrong and what you're doing is what's happening to you is incorrect what is it that you're going through right now in the sense of is that love overpowering your ability to leave and have that respect for yourself is it because at the end of the day everything's a reflection we know that we talk about that all the time so do you feel a certain type of way to allow yourself to be abused? Because it's not until you realize a certain something that you choose to pick up and go. Hmm. So um, what I feel about that is, I think that's where he's made it very good at, uh, not, not to just go back to her, because I know this conversation is bigger than that. But I think that she gave a really good response when um Gail asked her about what did Gail say why did you stay and she said you know she's tired of answering that question and she thinks that's a question that people should stop asking and I agree because if you really look at it it's like we all go through high points and lower points in our lives where maybe we're not as confident as you know self-reassuring as you know just as mentally strong physically strong whatever it may be you have your times and again when you speak about physical abuse I do believe that it starts mentally so you know when you're doing with somebody that will go to the lens to abuse you they are narcissistic in one form or another Mm -hmm. and those things start gradually so like mm-hmm. you used an example, um, I believe that you said he wanted, you know, 20 kisses a day. It starts off in a way that you can't, some people can't recognize it because you're mm. like, you know what, he's affectionate. Maybe I'm not really affectionate. Maybe I can be a little bit more affectionate. Let me give him mm. 20 kisses a day, you know, and it just starts out as those lighthearted things. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, 20 kisses. Now you only call me three times today. Why, why you didn't call me when you see no I can't I can't I can't 
that that's right. too much that's too yes. much it's too much it's like that like she said she was having anxiety I would have been that is too much like I gotta be worried about if I kissed you right oh my god that's too much that's too yes. much yes but you have people in this world who come from a lot of different backgrounds right so you imagine and this is for men and women somebody that comes from a home that there was no affection there was no security maybe somebody who has abandonment issues and now you finally found love or uh, it's so many things that a person could have dealt with right mm-hmm. and then you find someone that you feel like you love they love you you guys are like this your husband this your wife this your uh, best friend I mean uh, domestic abuse comes in so many different ways like this is the closest family member you got to you etc whatever mm-hmm. and you're like you want to please them because you don't want to lose something that you feel like that you gained that you may have never had or something mm-hmm. that you feel like you lost and you never knew if it would be obtainable again so then you're mm-hmm. guessing yourself already because you want these things and, mm-hmm. so and that's is- that's a that right there what you just said that deserves just a, a understanding because it again reflection it starts with the insecurity in yourself mm-hmm. first And so I I think a lot of people miss that because sometimes we tend to just blame, 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 and not realize ourselves in them circumstances of why we're even in these positions anyway. Now, not to say that you just kind of like force yourself in that type of situation or that circumstance, but it's kind of like you said in our previous conversation that we just, you know, generally had, um, you have to be careful what you manifest or what you choose to involve your energy in because if you are playing games or if this is not really something that you're supposed to be doing, you end up finding yourself in a um, place where it can kind of be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just not beneficial to you, put you in a position where you're not prepared for because it's not really your reality, you know, but you ended up there because you were playing with that different reality, that different energy. And now it is your reality and you're not prepared for it. You put yourself in a position that, you know, you feel like, oh, I was just playing. Well, no, this is, this is where we at now, you know, mm. so I think mm. that, you know, I, I feel like I've, you know, I feel like people can really get into a domestic violence relationship and never see it coming. I and think so too. Because people are manipulative. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, and you have people that are manipulative, and then the other person could be naive. And so it's just a it's just a disaster waiting to happen because you know, and then you have people who are not naive, fully aware of like what a narcissist is what an abuser looks like what they're willing and not willing to tolerate and then they get into a situation and don't know how to deal with it because Mm -hmm. they never thought about how they would handle it if it happened to them because they just thought it could never happen to them you know what I mean Mm -hmm. anything is possible to happen to anybody and I you know it's always, you don't want to just be thinking about, you know, you don't want to riddle yourself with anxiety, just thinking about this and this, oh, what if this happened? How will I do it, et cetera? No, I'm not saying that, but be prepared. Like if something come my way, whether I want to, if I have a thought about it, I need to just move around. Cause you know, 
um, that's not something I'm prepared to deal with. Like me personally, I know what I could tolerate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm hard body, but I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, if I'm if a man is talking to me a particular type of way, I know I need to move around. I don't need hey. to be trying to convince that man to learn how to speak to me, etc. No, hey. I need to move around because hey. I know my hard body ass gonna try to stab you. So hey. I might become the abusee <laughs> because you trying to verbally you know, abuse. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, I feel you. You gonna end up being you. in a situation it ain't you don't want me. Ooh. So let me just move around because yes, yes. But I you think that that mean? comes with I think that comes with knowing yourself too. Like mm-hmm. it comes with knowing yourself because I feel like in the instance of even yes, you never know what you put yourself in, what you might get yourself into. However, mm-hmm. it also comes with knowing yourself when you see certain things. Like mm-hmm. for me. I'm going to always say this. When I was in a dating room, I, I get very picky. If I start seeing certain self-sabotaging energy, it seemed like you, you know, as a man, you you want a certain something that doesn't seem comfortable or you need a reassurance in some places. Sometimes and a lot of them times, them things is triggers and you have mm-hmm. to be careful because that man or that person, we're not just going to put men as domestic violence abusers because yeah. women, women, I have been... I have been in a position where I could have been the abuser, but however, that person would antagonize me, no excuse, me being young as hell at the time, just being a firecracker that I am. Again, like you said, you try to harm me, you try to disrespect me, baby, I'm coming for you. Stop playing with me. Like, I won't knock your motherfucking head off. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, you don't want to be. You don't want to be. You don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. So if I start yeah. like for me after coming out of that type of situation and growing as a woman, and then getting into another relationship and going through those type of situations, when I was in a place where I started dating, you know, if I saw that a man. Um, not necessarily did a lot because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But if mm-hmm. I saw that a man would like kind of question me, um, one time I had a man that said, "What if we were just talking?" And um, I drove past your house and saw that you had another man there, and I said, "Well, we just talking. You shouldn't be dropping past my motherfucking house, even if I did have another man there." But at the end of my face right now, because <laughs> so you right past here trying to want to flip here. Please know any man I'm with is ready. <laughs> Hello. So, but I you, this is something you don't want to be a part of. Sorry. Keep it right. Yes, definitely. Yes, <laughs> but I had to. I had to let him know. I had to let him know that. And I'm not. I know the person know that who I'm talking about. And I just you. I'm just being real. Listen. I'm not doing that. That's not what we're doing. You're not just popping up to my house. And it's like she said in the interview, she was like, oh, at first I thought it was cute because he cared. No, motherfucker, that ain't cute. Don't be popping up at my house. Don't pop up at my house on a motherfucking now. Period. That ain't none of your business. If we haven't come to a place, and that's what I told him, if we haven't come to a place where we completely exclusive, that's not something you should be doing. You don't need to be popping up at my damn house. Well, I feel like, first of all, even if we are exclusive, if you don't 
and this is just me. Even <laughs> if we are excuse, uh, exclusive, there are still boundaries. You understand? They are saying? still boundaries for sure. Like if you gonna pop up on some, like, hey babe, I'm right here by your house. I'm gonna come over. Okay, cool. But just to be popping up like anytime because you feel like this is your place now, absolutely not, sir. No, 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 you no, no, no. Home, go there. Mm-hmm. And that's just I feel me. you on that. Um, I feel you on that. But I want to say before we move on, um, you know, statistically, because we're talking about men and women being in abusive relationships, statistically, mm-hmm. one in three women and then one in four men will experience um, domestic violence of some mm. sort throughout their lifetime. Um, I can believe like, it. Yes. And to me, one in three and one in four, that's everybody you know that's a few people that you know when you start exactly you start looking around yes when you think about um domestic domestic violence it comes in a couple of different forms and that's sexual emotional psychological spiritual and then sometimes even Mm. Um, that's spiritual and that that spiritual did something to my chest it pulled mm. I felt that energy through the phone baby when you said spiritual could you imagine what spiritual abuse is like I could never imagine what that's like I for you it. to spiritually yeah. abuse me I probably fuck around lose my damn mind shame the devil right there you know you got to rebuke that I will say real quick um I rebuke that like girl you know I hit that shit quick uh, I rebuke yeah. that we ain't yeah that shit is insane spiritual abuse how does that even work that's insane that is beyond you know when Mm. they say people when 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 people be like you know we're connected in this way people be so quick nowadays to want to be spiritually connected to somebody because Mm -mm. again they feel like it's the thing it's been a time you know it's my life partner this is my twin flame all of these things that people throw out false false profiting you have to understand what those things really mean you understand what i'm saying so when we think about domestic violence, if you are in a relationship um, and you think about the first one with sexual violence um, with someone married, not children, not man or woman, and your partner is wanting to do something with you that you are not wanting to do at that time or at all, and they do it against your will, that is not your consent, that is sexual abuse. Emotional abuse um, can literally just be it's on the same line for me as that that um, psychological abuse. But emotional abuse is like if I'm up, you need to be up. If I'm down, you need to be down. Like you need to be where I'm at. You need you you need to be on my level at all times so that I'm Mm-mm. secure where I am. And that is not healthy. That is abuse. That is abuse. At the end of the day, like we're not codependent on each other in that way. Um, and speaking of codependent, I feel like codependency plays a huge part in um, abuse in, 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 as well. I um, had a bad, I had a bad uh, blockage with codependency. Ooh, mm-hmm. that, it took me some time to work through that. First of all, majority of my life, I didn't even realize I was codependent because I've always mm-hmm. been so dependent. And not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. just in an aspect that touched me when you said codependent, because at first when my uh, therapist was telling me that I was codependent, I was like, bitch, you don't know who you're talking to, bitch. I'm independent. I get like shit done. 
<laughs> I get shit done. I don't depend on any nigga around here. Right. Um, but then she had to break it down to me and she was like, no, that's not codependent. Codependency could be you feeling like you need to be needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you doing things to make somebody else happy that will make you uncomfortable, but you gaining some type of satisfaction to make the person happy just 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 for that, but you really don't want to do it. So you sacrificing your happiness. Mm-hmm, and I felt mm-hmm. like I was dealing with that early. Like I was dealing with that in my teens. I probably was dealing with that issue like at 14 till I was about maybe 24. Mm, mm. that's about a good 10 years just from what I perceived in my environment um I think I definitely got loyalty mixed up with codependency and Mm -hmm. so I was so um Mm, that's a good one that's deep yeah I I got I got the two mixed up and so I was so being where you know where I'm from it's a certain structure and I was raised in a household where you know, you just got a certain code. You do a certain mm-hmm. thing, you don't do a certain thing. And that's just how I was, how I was raised. So mm-hmm. with that being said, um, just proving your loyalty in that essence or me feeling like I had to prove that or I am disloyal. So I'm going to do this. Even if it makes me uncomfortable, I want you to see that I'm loyal and I'm going to be here. Did something for me. And mm-hmm. I had to realize that and be like, bitch, you really don't want to do this. Fuck that shit. I'm not doing that shit no more. Fuck that shit. Once I realized what it was to 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 be needed, and so in that same breath, though, I had an expectation to be treated a certain way because of yeah. what I was doing, and so mm-hmm. that led to the biggest disappointment. Because it's like, first of all, the biggest disappointment is having an expectation of somebody. Period. Yes. Um, and I think people you know, when they hear that, they tend to get offended or they tend to be like, what? But yeah. that it's a it's a real thing because it's like, people gonna make mistakes. They gonna do mm-hmm. certain things. And so when you have an expectation that you putting on someone else and not yourself, you leaving it up to that person to meet that. And that may not be reality all the time. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so with that you automatically gonna be disappointed but just back to um you know what I was saying about the codependency that was just a really it was a really hard thing for me to work through it took a lot of conditioning a lot of training a lot of talking to myself a lot of re- uh you know realization and reflecting mm-hmm. and having to literally control my mind and we don't realize how much the mind is in control of us. I had to really Absolutely. control my mind and be okay with saying hell no. Yeah. Being okay with saying no, being okay with saying, you know, like that doesn't work for me. Creating boundaries and understanding that, you know, the uh, opposing person or people may not agree with your boundaries, but you have to do what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be uh, okay with all of that because you're going to be trying to set boundaries in your life and somebody may say, well, why are you acting like this? Or why are you doing this? And it's like, I don't 
have to explain myself to you. If I choose to, then okay, cool, we can have a conversation. But know that you're not obligated to that. Know that, you know, once you started to create boundaries for yourself, it's not going to be something that everyone else around you is comfortable with. But what's mm-hmm. important is that you are comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something to really take away. But in speaking about codependency, I feel as though, um, and I'm not trying to put this on anybody, but I feel like all everybody deals with it in one form or another, whether you mm. recognize it or not. Um, I've been in a position where, you know, I could have been the person that was codependent or the person that the codependent person could rely on. And it kind of went back and forth. And it's very, it could be very unhealthy. You understand? Mm. Beyond of- unhealthy. Yes, because it's like, mm. okay, you got an attitude right now, you're going through this, I can motivate you, support you, etc. but I can't, I cannot sit in that with you, but once you allow yourself to sit in something with someone else, every time they have a high or a low, it control, it, it's then another form of control, which mm, can, yeah. can then lead back into, you know, the simple things like we were saying earlier, the simple things that people don't notice that can then go into these different types of abuse because you don't people, you know, especially people who are considered to be quote unquote strong, you 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 have so much, you know, mental strength or physical strength or whatever it is, when someone is chipping at you. It takes a whole lot of chips before you realize the impression that is truly made. Mm. You're saying something. You have to be, you have to have to have to be careful. Because to one person, you can have two or three chips. And you like, uh-uh, this is stressing me out. This is too much. I can't deal with this. I got to leave this. But then you have someone that is strong and you have someone chipping at that. And before they recognize it, before they break, before they respond, you've already took away so much. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so mm-hmm. that's why it's so important that you're aware of it. You know, I remember one time I had to give some advice and I said, listen, you know, just because you are strong does not mean that you should allow yourself to tolerate more. Just because mm. you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, that you should. You said a word on that one, best friend. You said a word on that one. Say that one one more time because I ain't think they hear you in the back. No, say that one more time. That's a real, that's a real Just answer. because you can doesn't mean that you should. You it know? doesn't mean that you should Don't put yourself through as much as you can take it's can't, not that you can tolerate. it's not it doesn't it's not, make you weaker it doesn't it, it's not stronger. worth it it's not it's worth not. it and and, and and in some instances again I think sometimes that loyalty and that obligation mm-hmm. um because I felt like when it when it was my issue I felt like I had like this was my obligation like I had a real like issue I don't know I think it was my environment from the healing that mm-hmm. I've done and just the the facing that I've seen of it so far within my subconscious, I think it stemmed from my environment and my childhood of just mm. seeing a certain standard. Like when you were this type of woman from this type of area and this type of environment, you don't do this. You don't mm. do this and you do do this and you don't do that. 
So when you are connected to anybody, you want to have that loyalty. You want to have a certain morale. You want to have a certain value about yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be a slime or a rat or, a, a, you know, you you have a certain code of conduct that you, you follow. Mm-hmm. So for me, loyalty was stress like and I think also it's probably a falls in my astrology sign and maybe because I'm a tourist I noticed that that is a trait that we have like we we feel like we have to be loyal and so for me it was like the 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 best thing to do to be loyal when when you're that woman you need to be standing by your man no matter what this this and this and this is what you're supposed to do you just you know what I'm saying you just have that certain mm-hmm. code even 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 in my childhood friendships like I would have friends that wouldn't even defend their own selves and I'll be the mm-hmm. one speaking up and I'll be the one speaking up for them and they just like just taking abuse but to me back then my loyalty was like oh if you with me and you around me I won't allow you to disrespect yourself when really the shit was just stupid because if you ain't gonna <laughs> if you ain't gonna stand up for your own damn self, what the hell am I standing up for your ass for? Would you if have you to not learn that, right? You had to go you, through that. I had to go through that shit, but I didn't really realize my codependency and wanting people to see that. Like I felt like that's what I had to give. Like this is what so, I have to give you. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like that that kind of gave you purpose? you feel like yes. that was a, something to give you purpose you was like this is what I have I, to do it was stemming it was stemming from somewhere and mm-hmm. to be honest it could probably stem from my mother and the type of my mother I look at her as a very dedicated and loyal person so mm-hmm. it could be aspirations of wanting to intake that as well um I mean it could stem from a lot of different things yeah with with within my environment and just personal experiences but when I like fully lost my mind, when I got on my real twin flame journey, not no false prophet and all of mm-hmm. that, when I realized that I really had a twin flame and I had to lose my mind because I had to sit there and be like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Now, mm-hmm. I know none of these bitches is me and mm-hmm. I'm still going through this type of shit. It's some mm-hmm. wrong because mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. these bitches is not doing what I'm motherfucking doing. And I know these bitches is not feeding you like I'm motherfucking feeding you. Literally, yeah. mentally, and spiritually. So something has to be wrong with me to the point where I'm dealing with this type of bullshit. And mm-hmm. I had to reflect. And I had to realize that I was giving somebody else my happiness and joy just for them to think that I was loyal. I mean, I am. But why the fuck do I need to prove that to you? You need to be appreciative of that. Or so I'm it, proving it to you. And so it's like, is this, do you, do you want this loyalty or not? Girl, yeah, no, your ass had to get dropped. You didn't drop today. And that's what I had to do. Yeah. (laughs) You getting, you getting, you getting dropped today. You going to make some changes. You better figure it out because this is not it. Um, and you know yeah, again you had to create those boundaries I had to create that people out there that that will have that same question to themselves the same way you did and be like you know what well it has to be me it has to be something wrong with me so let me change this this and this and continue to not hold the 
other person accountable because mm. they're codependent on that relationship. People get mm. so codependent on uh, a connection, um, uh, an everyday routine with someone that they will not stop and hold a person accountable and yet sit back and overly reflect on themselves of what they could do per- different to possibly make this person change. Reality is you cannot do anything, anything to make a person, make a person change. change. They have to be willing, moving, able, ready to change. change. And then you mm, can provide mm. them with support Hello. to sustain mm. the change that they are wanting to make. But you I can't shade. make them change. I shade to that, girl. I'm telling you right now, that's how I shade to that. Because I'm telling you that shit. You, and you sometimes you have to learn that the hard way. Sometimes you just have to learn that the hard way. I know, but ultimately it came with loving myself. Once I began to figure out who I was and I began to face those traumas and say, okay, like it provided me with some outside look of the inside of myself. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of the times it's inside of you. Yeah, it's inside of you. So, you know, to explain it to everyone else, um, it was like I was looking in my inward self with a pair of new eyes you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and so I began to love myself okay I like these things and I don't like these things and this is who I am and this is what I'm comfortable with doing I don't mind doing this but from now on if this is what's going on no I'm not gonna do do that and even if it is because for some people they love the person even though they're an abuser and yeah. you know I can't I can't relate to that, so I can't speak on that. However, I had to become comfortable in my situation where I had to say, I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance and let you do Um, what you're doing. This is true. I'm laughing right now, (laughs) silently, because I'm thinking to myself, and this is a very serious topic, but I'm thinking to myself, have I ever been in a situation like that? And I'm and I start to laugh. I don't know if it's because I'm uncomfortable or what, but it's like <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Whenever I get uncomfortable, I'm giggling. So it's like, have I ever been in a situation like that? Was I? I would hate to think that I was an abuser. <laughs> I would really hate to think that, you know, <laughs> but I, I told you sometimes you have said some, oh, I remember us being like 18 and me being like, best friend, you said that? You told him that? You'd be like, yeah, shit. I mean, of course. Not, and again, maybe sometimes the person that's doing it doesn't realize what they're doing because mm-hmm. it's normal to them. And mm-hmm. I always felt like, one thing about me, I'm honest. Whether somebody believe it or not, this is my truth. I'm gonna say how I feel. And the other person, it ain't up to me how they deal with it. I, I it, and I know you probably remember me saying I've probably said that all my damn life. You know, mm-hmm. ever since I could talk, I'm gonna say what I gotta say. And how you deal with it is how you deal with it. But you know, I had to learn the hard way that that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. I have to be careful with the way I deliver things to someone, whether it's the truth, quote unquote, my truth, my perception or not. I still have a duty to relay something to someone a particular type of way. Yes, they can. Yes, I don't need to 
you know, take away what I truly feel. I can express how I truly feel, but it's a better way to do things than to try to break somebody down while you're trying to get them to understand how you feel, because mm-hmm. then you're doing exactly to them what you feel as though they may be doing to you, you know, and then um, with my little slight temper issue I could have possibly had, um, you know, my hand just gets smacked and stuff and people and things and stuff. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> it's just not moving girl so but I was just thinking like you know I would not consider myself real honestly though I would not consider myself to say that oh I've been an abuser but again people can have tendencies to do things that are not appropriate you know I've been Mm -hmm. in a relationship where I felt like okay, you get out of pocket the way you're talking to me. It was past my comfort level. It was past <laughs> what I was emotional. I'm serious. It was past what I was willing to deal with. And then I got to the point where I'm like, you can disrespect me behind closed doors, but you better not ever say that if somebody around. And <clears throat> who I am today, I would never tell a man that. You better not disrespect me in front or behind. No, though. You period as you but then I was settling I was making myself comfortable I was so so into what I was into it's like oh you're gonna be clearly you're gonna be disrespectful no matter what but you make sure you respect me when we're in front of other people mm-hmm. not realizing that even the disrespect you was giving that behind, green light I was giving you the green light to, to mm-hmm. talk to me a particular type of way or to play me in my face where I'm being naive and behind the door you making and I'm not I'm not even going to sit here and act like it was like the worst thing no but again it was past my comfort level because I can be sensitive while I'm also dishing it out so mm. you know, fuck you and your mama but don't say that about my mama no, she did. Ah, you know, slap the shit. Ah, slap the shit out, Joe. And so we go into like not being able to take what you dish out, you know, or dishing something out, and then trying to control how somebody responds to you. You can't do that. You can't say I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna do this, but you can only you know retaliate to me a particular yeah. way type Absolutely of way not you don't have it's to, just you don't have that control Who it's, am it's, I? yes it's it's, you know? it's just it's 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 all um just toxicity yeah i mean at it's at it's toxicity till it's to its finest it's and like, you piss um, me off but i love you it's so yeah toxic. It's toxic. And again, I just think it comes with self-love. Like, once you start loving yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, listen, I ain't got time. And it's too stressful. I think I was stressed early on in my life. Like, at 20, 20 and 19, I was stressed. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, And not to say the same in vain, but Lord, I mean... This is just too much for me to be going through. And I don't know if that's normal for younger women to be going through those type of things where they just extremely stressed. You know what I'm saying? With a with a normal but possibly common, you know. Also, when we're young women, um, when women are young and you don't have not even to say you don't have a particular type of guidance, because for the two of us, like your parents are married, you know, they've 
been married since you were a child. My mom is recently married, but when I was younger, she was with my father. And then there's a time period when she raised us, you know, as a single mother. However, you know, my mother was always in the picture, always, you know, presented herself to us a particular type of way. So, and I have a very supportive family. But when we get out there, when you young, you, uh, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, and I, I believe men can relate to this too. When you young and you getting out there on your own, you feel like you know everything. Mm-hmm. You I like, thought I was gone. I thought I was mm-hmm. gone at 16. You couldn't tell me a motherfucking thing. I'm trying to I was grown. You know everything. <laughs> you know what you and your partner got going on. If you have a partner, you know how you and your friends gonna handle this, this, and this. Not realizing, like you going through it, and ex- you're in the experience. You have mm-hmm. experienced it. You're in it. So what your reality is going to be from there, you're not 100 percent certain. You just trying to make it work. And then when you jumped out there, a particular type of way, like I did, I was like, "Mom, out, deuces." She was like, "Excuse me." I was like, "Yeah, here go my keys." You know, so I jumped in there head first like I definitely jumped off that porch in, into something that I, I think and I, <laughs> what's going on you know what I mean so it's like once you jump out there like that it's kind of hard to look back and be like mom can you help me because it's like oh but I thought you would admit everything I know I got <laughs> so, you go and I think I convinced you I convinced you to do that <laughs> I think I was like, yeah, girl. So I did this and I got my own spot. But we were 17, 18. We was living it. We thought we was living <laughs> it, let alone we was living a false, a false reality. Okay. I mean, oh my. <laughs> we were candid. We were candid. Yes, I was, like, I was definitely. I was single. Yeah, I was. De- <laughs> yeah, I was definitely self-made for sure. Early on, early on, on, I was definitely. Yes, but I I would never in a day and again in my life, again through sickness and health, but all that extra other shit, I'm not taking care of no. Girl, I was too young taking care of a man. You got me fucked up. And I'm going to tell my daughter, like, I'm going to tell her what I went through. I'm going to tell her the good, bad, and the ugly because I'm you don't even need to be going through that, being stressed, trying to take care of a whole nother human. And it was what was crazy is, we was that age and the women our age was doing the same thing. Yeah. And now that we're older, it could be just the vibration that we was in. So we attracted people of that same vibration. But every time, you know, girl, to the point to where that shit is a trigger for me now. Like when I go into stores and I'm like not judging, but when I go get something to eat or something and I see the young girl paying for her man's food, it's a trigger for me. And it's just a damn, I wonder if she's in the same situation that I was in. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just her time to pay for the meal. If they just Exactly. You, you know, you exactly. don't know. Exactly. I'm going to tell you this. One time, I was <laughs> One time I was at a gas station. And y'all are lying. I'm a little cuckoo. So I was at a gas station. I was driving off. I had just got my gas. And, um, there was a lady putting the air in a tire and the man was standing right behind her and he's standing up like watching her with his arms folded you know how niggas do um just watching her girl i rolled by i was like that is fucking ridiculous put that air in that tire for that lady and she looked at me and he looked at me and i zoomed <laughs> i was like how dare you 
How dare you sit here and watch her? I have been at a gas station, had to put tire, you know, put air in my tire, gas in my car, get ice off my car, and men will offer to assist. And if they don't, one thing about me, I'm gonna ask you. Oh yeah. Hey, can you, you remember that time we went to South Carolina and I sat there damn man? I said, sir, can you can you put some ear on my tire, please? Come do this. Come do this. (laughs) Come on. Uh -uh. You need to be bending down. No, you would you would hold me. You better get your ass over here and help me. Stop playing with me. Um, yes, but that is one thing I did learn from you because you will ask the man real quick. Can you um I'll be so sweet with it. Thank you. I'll be in a Walmart, sir. Be I don't care if you with your wife or just with your homeboy, whatever. Because I'm gonna be respectful, of course. But you're still a man. Hi, ma'am. Yes, thank you. I like your sweater. It's so cute. Um, sir, could you please get this case of water down for me and put it in my mm-hmm. bucket? This one, yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. You guys have a great day. Yes. <laughs> because I yes. Know. Now. <sighs> I remember this is about to get run. I'm not trying to offend nobody. I remember mm-hmm. a white a woman did that to me when I was in a store. She was elderly. Mm-hmm. And she just tapped me and was like, get this. Her ass about mm-hmm. got cussed out. Yeah, she got cussed the fuck out that day. I'm sorry. I, was about I to said say about or did she? <laughs> yes. I mean, and I know she was older, but I told her now, you don't need to go up to at the time, since when I was using black heavy. You don't mm-hmm. need to go up to a black person asking them to get you nothing like this. We are not your slaves. Uh-oh. I said, but being that today is a good day, I'm gonna get it for you. But learn from that. And when she um, she just looked at me the way she asked me to get it, but I felt bad because she was older, so I helped her anyway. But um, the way mm-hmm. she asked, you could tell she was just used to like, you know what I'm saying? She just had that girl. You will, it's a motherfucking no for me. I know you, and this is, I know we didn't got off topic just a little bit, but let me, I know you remember when we went to South Carolina for um, Black Bikers Week, which was lit. We'll tell y'all about that another time. But, um, and we was in the Walmart up there, and they are very racist in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, the people was trying to get by, but instead of saying, excuse me, the lady to <clears throat> With her bucket. I said, oh, uh, ma'am, are you trying to get through? <laughs> oh, because if, if you yeah, don't they were now, don't get there. Big, the fuck? They and were very racist. <laughs> and then our group of people, you know, who's great, my birds of a feather flock together. So we all lit like, the fuck wrong with her? This ain't da 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 da. This that mm-hmm. she shot <laughs> And then there was another black lady who's like, Or the NAACP has to <laughs> the police department. And we look at like this 2019. Get the fuck out of my way. What the hell wrong with you? Nah, but they are racist. Mm-hmm. They are racist out there. It's, it's, they are. They definitely are racist. But yes, um, that was sorry to that lady. <laughs> we are going to roll the dice. Yes, it's time to roll the dice. So if this is the part roll, of the roll, show, roll the dice. um, where we have topics where eventually we'll be looking to you all as the audience to comment on our posts that we post or our social media, our context, and give us ideas or 
you know, thoughts, thoughts or topics, anything. If something random comes into your mind and you think about it and you would like for us to discuss that and what we feel about that, we want y'all to contribute to that. So um, for season one, we have already pre-selected some and we will be rolling the dice. And whichever that number falls on, um, at that point in time, we're selecting that and we're going to say right then, we're going to have an impromptu discussion on that topic and what we feel. So it's time, time to roll the dice. So we know y'all can't see us, but I promise to be truthful in regards to what it rolls to, okay? (laughs) So let's see. All right, we have two, number two interesting one and so Mm. number two is lack of self-identity and ego plus ego what can that you know muster up so when you think of lack of self-identity knowing yourself and then also on top of that unawareness having an ego on top of that what does that look like what does that feel like what does that energy Mm. exude so that is a really good one. So let's go ahead and take it out on this one. Best friend, what you feeling from this? So um, lack of self-identity plus ego, ego, ego is a lost soul to me. That's mm-hmm. a loss. So when you when you have, first of all, I think just being in the matrix, it's mm-hmm. easy to have a lack of a self-identity because mm-hmm. everything is so you should be doing this, you should be doing this, this is a trend, this is a trend, I'm doing this because this is what's in right now. And then just with the pressure of what the environment puts on you to be in a certain role or position, um, having a a lack of self-identity is something you see even in grown women Mm -hmm. and just not really ever. And definitely, definitely in adults period you definitely write about that but just in that space and it's kind of like you get so caught up of other people's approval Mm -hmm. to where you won't even really know yourself you don't even really know what you like and then on top of ego so not only do you have a lack of self-identity but then you egotistical in that Mm -hmm. same token that's a lost soul yeah I I agree. Um, You know, lack of self-identity is something that I feel like in today, I'm sure it's always been a thing, but, you know, in today's society of what I can relate to, I see that in a lot of people. Now, me being a Scorpio, for people who know about Zodiacs, um, we are people that are very, very sure of when we like and dislike things and um I say that to say this I have always been a woman a Scorpio woman that when I meet a person if I'm like "Mm, I don't really know about you nine times out of ten just from reflecting those people have one thing in common and that that is that they don't know themselves Mm. it's nothing about my energy, my being that attracts me to people who I can't see for who they are. You understand what Mm. I'm saying? So Mm. if you don't know who you are, why would I care to know you, speak to you, 
hang around you because what you're showing me is not honest. It's, it's something that you've picked up from someone else that you're attracted to. And I don't care to know that, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, um, lack of self-identity is something that I personally have had a hard time with of really grasping because I truly feel that, you know, our beings are so strong to who we are that we can't be anything other than. And I know a lot of times you've even told me in the past, like, you feel that way because that's your reality, but that's not mm -hmm. reality for everybody. And mm -hmm. so that's one of those things that I really struggle with understanding from a different perspective. I really try to be open um, perspective wise to understand other people's idea with that but I really struggle with that just because it's so unnatural to me like yeah. I feel like whether there are things about myself that I would like to work on some things that I love you know some things that I'm proud of some things I'm not proud of that I've done um, but at the end of the day I understand that that's me that's who I am and so mm. I, I can sit with that and I can grow from it, you know, and, and, and I can move on and that's just it. So that's, that's that part about self-identity in today's time. I feel like social media, um, and then also our capability to get up and go and just to travel the way that we do, um, gives people this false reality. Um, mm -hmm. of, of things and so I feel like people are constantly chasing an idea of something without properly understanding themselves and so if mm. you don't know who you are before you go after something you're going to get lost in what you're going after because you don't know why you're going there exactly you hit that so, on the you hit that on the nail you don't know you you, mm. you don't know who you are it, it's it's just it's, it's a, that, but it's like I say, you know, if you don't take that time to study yourself, okay, at some point, you may not know yourself. When people say, I'm mm -hmm. trying to get to know myself, that's essential. That's like that's a, that, that task itself is like a ritual to adulthood. It is yeah. like a man in Africa getting ready to um, a boy in Africa getting ready to have a ritual to where he is now becoming a man. It is, mm -hmm. it is like a bar mitzvah in its significance. Getting to know yourself needs to be on everybody's agenda as a journey point at some point in their lives because that is so essential. I think that those type of um, building skills and those type of things of just being one with self will help you avoid so many toxic situations, even correlating in, into the beginning of our conversation and just being in a circumstance of um, a abusive, you know, relationship or a codependency relationship. Because if you know yourself, you're going to say, hey, whoa, I'm uncomfortable. This, this is not normal. I am uncomfortable. This is not working for me. And mm -hmm. you can identify those things and get out of those situations sooner than later where there's Agreed. lesser damage done. So, you know, not knowing yourself can be very, very dangerous, especially as an adult, because now not only are you taking not knowing yourself, but then you eventually for some people they become parents and you have yes. seen. Oh my so God. you put in mm -hmm. that energy on your child 
you put mm-hmm. in these, you know what I'm saying? I, I have been in a situation in connection where somebody's mother told them the importance is their reputation. Mm. That no, their importance, the, the importance is a, what another person's thought is about you. Mm. Mm. That's the My so, reputation is what matters. Yeah, that's, I can't even, I have no that. words. Yeah, I have no words to even, like, girl, what? To me, yeah, um, I don't, yeah. I don't give enough fuck. That's, it, 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 it ain't, I have never given enough fuck about and that's always been my problem i have Mm -hmm. not given enough fuck so much that it gets me into trouble Mm -hmm. that i could be a lack thereof empathetic or i was so much into myself i was probably arrogant or egotistical in some ways because it was like this is how i feel this is what it is and that's just it and i'm about to tell you how i feel and Especially in a space if I feel disrespected in some way. Oh no, everything's off the table. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to something you just said a quick second ago. Um, when you said it's like when you're walking into adulthood, it's and, and you compared it to like a young boy in Africa walking into his manhood, and you said, you know, that's definitely something you should take a some time to do. I I, I want people to understand that like when you're knowing yourself, it's not a one month journey, a one year journey. It's consistently because if mm-hmm. you're progressing in life, you're gonna have to continuously reintroduce yourself Mm -hmm. to new ideas to um, new routines and realities and then reintroduce you're going to continuously be introducing your new self to other people as well around you and Mm -hmm. you know and that's why it is so important to be one with yourself because again I will reiterate this there are going to be people along the way that don't understand it that don't agree with it that it doesn't work for and you have to be okay with them not being okay you have to be um because you want to you want to continue to grow and progress and go through those you know motions now to close it out you know to close this topic out we were also talking about ego right and Mm -hmm. so when you think about ego um what is like the first thing for you personally when you think about ego that you that comes to mind everything the word everything the word everything the word everything everything results back to ego Mm -hmm. when you when you become nothing and you okay and not nothing in a literal sense like you peon but when yeah. you become nothing in spirit and you completely leave everything in the 3D behind, it's mm-hmm. not until then have you released the ego. Mm-hmm. The ego is, everybody with ego, the ego is judgment. The ego is expectations. The ego is anger. The mm-hmm. ego is sadness. The ego is very involved in feelings which Mm -hmm. then stimulate a certain emotion, which Mm -hmm. then goes into even deeper of what you're manifesting because how you feel is the major component of manifestation. That Mm -hmm. will go into the mindset and the chemicals that's released into your body 
the ego is the the shell of everything mm-hmm. it's it's like to put it maybe in layman's term it's pride you know um it's your self it's your sense of self-importance and so it's like you feel as though, you know, perception is like, well, why didn't you think of, why didn't you think about me when you did this? Or you didn't realize how that would affect me. You didn't, you didn't think about, you know, it's like you start to really question if someone maybe like put yourself first, or maybe if not someone else did, but you put yourself in a position to have to be like, I, 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 pick me, pick me, put me in the front of this situation. It becomes very not, and, and ego is, yeah, ego is not necessarily just only that. I think that's the, the, the kind of like the, what you have to fix aspect about ego, but mm-hmm. ego can also be in an instance to where you're in a situation and you think somebody is not necessarily wrong for doing something bad, but mm-hmm. in the instance of, where you know how can I give you this example Uh, ego could be something as so simple between an argument between you and your son and Mm -hmm. or or you and your child and you you feel like because you are the parent and you know best and your child could be telling you a certain type of way and you're not seeing it from your child's perception kind of like what you said on that aspect Mm -hmm. It, it may not even have to just be a certain concern about me 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 or I, 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 or look at me, me, me. It could be something as so simple as a simple argument or a disagreement. It could be ego involved just in in, in that format or Placement. just in that sense. It, mm-hmm. Yes, it's just, it, it's just the littlest, the littlest thing, even about saying, I choose to live here instead of here um, mm-hmm. because that doesn't suit me. That's ego, all of that, that I, I choose to work here or be, in this type of environment instead of this type of environment, that still comes back to ego because in order for a feeling or a certain, like you said, expectation to form from it, you know, once you get to that place of complete nothingness, which is why, you know, you could see a homeless person just living his best life and you'd be like, dang, you don't have anything. How could you even be okay with that? That's that's an egoless person. That's a person who's just, they just living and they just enjoying the moment and being in the present tense. Mm. Yeah, that's a deeper one for me because, mm, okay, I'll go with it though. <laughs> I don't know. Everything. I mean, for that example in particular, just because, you know, <laughs> I, it's, that's a, a very complex just one. Being, it, could, just... it could definitely have been the ego that got them in that position. Now, I understand the sentiment of saying like, hey, they're happy with having nothing, nothing in the form of monetary things understood. I get that, you know, because there are people that feel like, hey, I don't need a home to be happy. I don't need the ideal home that you need to be happy. I can go to a shelter, sleep good at night, wake up and walk the land that God put me on for and be okay. And and be okay. Or the people people who live in the yeah, who people who live on the lake or people who there's people who live on the lake and live on like the forest or that little area I don't see a couple in Douglasville that do that and they go to the lake and they have a family and they take a shower in the lake I don't know if it's, they still there but they was there for a little while and people are 
just extremely okay with that. Now, is that, that not cho- are you okay with it because you feel like you have no other option or are you on K okay with it because this is the conscious choice that I am making and th- I wouldn't want it any other way? I think some people do choose to live as a nomad. In technicality, if you read the Bible, that's what people were. They were travelers. They kind of moved in different locations. And I think some people are okay with that. Me and I can be a traveler person. and still have a, 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 a clean home functioning man <laughs> to go to. You understand what I'm saying? So I again, completely. I so again, like me, I can live in a tiny home. I can live in a tiny home. I love them. They're so cute. I love tiny homes. I could live in a tiny home that was on the wheels and travel around. But guess what? My tiny home is going to be clean. Cleanliness is important. And I think it is. And I and and that is essential. I think that um I think that the tiny home is just a modern way of being a nomad. And you know what? Like in my heart of hearts, I could do that. Would I want it to have a certain aesthetic? Absolutely. But that's just me because I like things to be a little quaint and nice and etc. But um shower, you know. Every day, me and my children walk into the lake with these pop- <laughs> polluted-ass fish to take a shower, take a bath, just because I want to be free of the land. Girl, it's a no, okay? I need a light in the middle of the night. Mm-mm. Oh, you know, yes. shout out to those people, though. Y'all are the, you know, whatever. Okay. I don't know. But me, <laughs> I'm an outdoorsy girl. Like, you know, you know me. I like to be here. Yeah, you like life. you like to be outside. You have to get outside. That's one thing yes. that you will do is um, get outside. But child, just me and the family, I, you want me to wash the clothes in the same lake that the girl? No. No, but I see. Not I about see you. Where- Maybe for seen. a weekend to get that experience. Like, yeah, I shower in the lake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but... <laughs> yes, um, I'm not about to fight with you. But yes, I can... <laughs> there are people who are just egoless. You completely let go of ego. And yeah. just because you have nice things doesn't make you egotistical as well. Um, right. I think that you have nice things and be very humble and not be an ego. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. ego is a stem of everything. Everything does result back to ego. Um, and mm-hmm. then as you further go along in, the, in your journey, you realize that, that a lot of those things are ego, even when your spouse cheats on you and you, you know, take it some type of way for some people, you know, that is the last straw. And for others, I could stay here. But when it mm-hmm. is the last straw, that is still a result of ego. Mm-hmm. That is still mm-hmm. a result. That is still a result of ego. Even if you feel the person is wrong, that is your thought process. That is what you feel, and you have decided that I'm not going to stand for that. I'm leaving you. That's a form of being ego. And yeah. guess what? It's a balance to it. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is actually, you know, how have you maneuvered with that dynamic, with that abuser person? Like, what has that been like for you? Um. You know, for me, that's that's something I would have to definitely reflect on, um, reflect on it, and really think about it, and 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 really look at myself and say, okay, how has this affected you in this way? But you know, 
when you coach with somebody, automatically your thing is to support them. So you're kind of put in a dilemma or a space to how do I support you in this for something that I feel is morally wrong? And typically for someone like me, what that looks like is I typically disconnect in all ways. Like, I, mm, I don't really like that too much. I'm not feeling that. And that's about it for me. Um, to say that that's the right way, I don't know. That's something that I have to reflect on. Right, right. Um, I could definitely see how being on the opposite end of that, not being the person that's abused or not doing the abusing and the person connected to you as the person that's inflicting this trauma, you could want to support them in a way that you feel like maybe I can help you not, you know, commit these actions to someone else. Like, what's the issue? Let's work through it. So I do see where there's like a fine line between support and enabling. You know what I mean? Mm. So I definitely Mm -hmm. see that. Um, So yeah, that was interesting I just wanted to see where your head was with that so definitely I would suggest just taking the time to see where you are and if you haven't had a conversation possibly have a conversation with that person once you fill out you know for yourself of where you really are with it but to everyone else I would really love for you guys to leave us some comments below um just you know if you have known someone or if that person has been you on either side some encouraging words for other people that may be looking at this or listening to this video um to just you know follow up through because we never know what people are going through um and then also just advice of how to deal um with people that may be completing these actions towards someone else I think that that mm. is huge so that's definitely, huge yeah that's it huge. really is because it's like do you are you and not to cut you off but are you yeah. supportive to that person am yes. I supportive am I supportive of you doing that do I act like it doesn't exist so you know it's 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 victims mm-hmm. it's victims on both sides of the spectrum Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, it's one of those, you know, conversations and I'm happy that we were able to have this one today. I felt like that it was very important. Um, And so with that being said, we definitely want to encourage everyone. um, If you are dealing with any domestic violence, you know, situations in any form that we spoke about throughout this episode and you need help and you don't have someone to reach out to, remember, that there's always a national domestic violence hotline and that number is 1-800-799-7233 they're open 24 hours a day you know um definitely feel free to reach out and get some support in that way we want to thank you guys so much for listening today we're excited to um, continue this journey with you guys or for you guys to continue this journey with us vice versa um and so yes thank you so much for listening to hey best friend podcast and until next time until next time